everyone, you're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. Today, we'll be learning from Phil Singleton, author and SEO expert. We had a super energetic chat about the relationship between content marketing and SEO, mistakes that entrepreneurs make, and Phil shares some mind-blowing strategies. You will absolutely love this episode, so let's get started. And of course, here is the awesome Phil Singleton. He's a web designer, SEO expert, and award-winning author. Um, Since 2005, Phil has actually owned and operated a digital agency based in Kansas City. And in 2016, Phil and John Jantz of Duct Tape Marketing co-wrote SEO for Growth, the ultimate guide for marketers, web designers, and entrepreneurs. Um, So great book to dive in um, for wanting to know more about SEO. So that's why I brought him on the show. Woo! Um, SEO for Growth is an Amazon bestseller and has been listed as a top marketing book by Mashable, Oracle, and Huffington Post. It's also been featured on MSNBC, Entrepreneur, and Search Engine Journal, and tons of others. So Phil and John are currently entering the next phase of their partnership by offering a training and SEO certification program to marketers and web designers and creating a national network of certified SEO consultants, which I think is killer. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so psyched to be here. So I'll, every time anybody says, talks about SEO and goes, woohoo, you got to know you have a pump because it doesn't get that, that many people that excited, but it should. It should because it's like, it's so important. And I think it, um, you, you know, people hear the word SEO and they're like, oh my God, they're like, it's a whole nother beast. And so I think it can feel really overwhelming. So I get excited because like there's stuff that I know, right? Obviously as a content marketer, but there's always so much more. So it's like when I can pick the brain of an expert, I'm all over it. Awesome. Well, let's get down to it. <laughs> all righty. Cool. So I know on your site or the page, I believe of your book, you said that SEO is the key to how many successful entrepreneurs and companies sell, grow and dominate online. But you also say that it's really changed and that it's going to keep changing. Um, so can you explain that uh, statement? Well, yeah. So, um, Ever since the beginning, and I, I marked the beginning, I think it's 1996 or 1997. When In Google the beginning. <laughs> right, exactly. It, it's almost, it was more about um, almost kind of like volume-based backlinks, right? The number of backlinks, third-party websites you had pointing to your website. And then also the things that you were doing on your website to kind of tweak things under the hood, maybe play with content. And a lot of those, for the last like, geez, the first, I say the first like 15 years or so of you know, Google's existence, um, it was really all about those things. It was kind of like under the hood stuff and it was the mm-hmm. back office things and things people were trying to do um, in volume kind of, you know, so you'd write a check to an SEO company or try to do something else and they're really doing these things. You really didn't know what they were doing, but they were able to move the needle and they were doing stuff back office wise that, that worked for a long time. And Google had this kind of cat and mouse game with the SEO industry as it evolved, right? They were kind of trying to close the loopholes up while SEO folks found new ones. And again, mm-hmm. a lot of it still kind of had to do with this, two-dimensional way of ranking, you know, websites over time. 
But then what ended up happening about five or six years ago is I think gaming the system becomes became so mainstream because Google started to see companies like eBay and Overstock.com and JCPenney starting to hire these SEO companies to game the system that it became so rampant that I think it, it risked the quality of search results and people's trust in it. So, so they came out and totally changed the way that they approached their algorithm. And instead of throwing, you know, I give this kind of an example, the way they used to do it was you almost kind of threw everything you could against the wall and Google would count what stuck. Yeah. But starting about five or six years ago, they started to count the stuff that was falling to the ground and penalizing you for it. So yeah. the algorithms for the first time became punitive. They were, it was a reward system, but then they also came back and would actually penalize you if they found you doing these prohibitive things. Wow. And that really changed the game. Because it brought a lot cues all of a sudden. Right, 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 right. And it brought a lot of the offshore stuff that still exists, but it's nowhere near it was in the, in the past where people would hire these offshore um, companies to build mm -hmm. shill websites and do tons and tons of backlinks and automate stuff uh, and things like that really changed. And it kind of brought it back on shore and made it a lot more of a consulting based content based um, kind of a reward system is how I would call it. So that changed the game, but it also changed, I think, behavior, but more to the point. And I think what's more exciting for all of us is that Google started to count a much more diverse set of ranking signals. They stopped having this two-dimensional piece, opened kind of the doors up a little bit and started to count things like the content on your website, the blogging that you're doing, social media signals, uh, online reviews, citations. on So lots of things when you lay it out on the table, mm -hmm. the ranking factors that they're looking at right now start to look like solid digital marketing, like a holistic digital marketing plan and not just like these, you know, technical SEO books or technical SEO that people think about, you know, when they used to roll their eyes at it. And, and that this kind of stuff all of a sudden starts to become more um, less, I guess, of a scary topic and less technical. Um, but the key to it really, I think has always been and still is to this day is, you know, your website has to be your marketing hub. It has to be the referral source for all your best content. Most yeah. companies get this wrong. If they do anything, they leave their website static. They put some of their best content up on say Facebook or Twitter where it passes through kind of a river, you know, you get, maybe you get some eyes on it and it dies. You know, your content should be posted up on your website and shared out so people come back. So they get the Facebook pixel and the remarketing tag and see your ebook and can sign up for stuff. And so you get those signals and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's really the heart and soul I think of modern SEO today is start at the website Build it right from the ground up to your keyword research to make sure that you're doing stuff, but yeah. make your website be your body of work and invest in that yeah. and make sure that it's integrated around the web. So everybody comes back to it. And if you do this and set it up the right way, just by naturally becoming, you know, your own content publisher, um, you will get things that Google will rank you for um, um, online. Nice. My mouthful. I know, but it, you have to kind of lay it you out. Know, like I that know. Or, and it's going through my brain, but it's like, so it's almost like to me, it sounds like going back to basics. It's like you have to spit out the content. It has to be housed on your website, which is like your hub basically. And you're pushing it out to your platforms, but you always want to push that organic traffic back to your website. And it's just going to like spill over and, and organically is, is, is it that then it's more heavily organic then than anything else? Um, I think mostly it's, it's, it's all organic and most of the things that people, people that are involved and in at least see that, Hey, okay. The website, web traffic online is kind of where most of the action is. Mm -hmm. but I think the problem is, and the, the reason why I think SEO and understanding the way Google looks at your website is important because if you think of this stuff, the way Google thinks of it, they're thinking of it holistically. 
Right. But the problem with a lot of small businesses or businesses in general is when it comes down to any kind of marketing, whether it's content marketing or digital marketing, even traditional marketing, most of it's just like these tactical hip shots. So I want to get my phone to ring. I want to go our business. Let me just right. go try this one thing. Right. And it's right. done in this one dimensional way. That's not tied to anything else that they're doing. Right. They kind of a roll of the dice and it happens. doesn't work. Let's try something else. So they kind of march on from the marketing tactic of the week type of a thing right. without trying to figure out, well, how can we holistically put this into our website so that we get multiple wins off of it? I'd love to give you a great example of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is this. Okay. So a lot yeah. of people will tell you, and I believe this is the case, um, that blogging is a very important part of marketing in general. I oh. think it's the heart and soul of content marketing, but um, it's, it's, it's really important. Here's, here's the reason why. And, and I'm gonna give an example of the way we kind of lay out our content marketing and blogging plan in a way that gives us multiple wins. First, we have our clients even for our own, and for our own websites is we, we say we really want you guys to blog at least once a week. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is because this is the way you can grow your website out organically. You can start ranked to other, you know, other words. You can show people that you're an authority and all these mm -hmm. kind of things that just blogging just in this one dimensional way um, has all these benefits. But instead of writing just a one blog post a week, our approach is we try and write blogs in a series, okay, of maybe 10 or 15 blog posts in a way that we can then stitch them together into an ebook that then can then be used as a PDF call to action on the website later. We take that same ebook and we convert it into a Kindle. We put it up on Amazon and then make the owner an author so that they have an author mm -hmm. page, which they can then tie their RSS feeds into and get some linking and traffic benefit right off Amazon, which is a powerful platform there, right? I love but that. Then and we take really, that. You're leveraging the content that you've already created in multiple ways. Exactly. And you're really doing it. And people talk about repurposing content, but mm. this is like really, truly doing oh, yeah. it where you're going to get multiple wins, but it doesn't stop there. Right now you've got a launchable piece of content that's on the basis of a smart blog. You know, and again, if you just do randomly, randomly posted blog posts, you can't, it doesn't work because you can't mm -hmm. stitch together 10 no. random blog posts, even though each one individually um, might work. But, mm -hmm. but once you publish it, now you've got a launchable piece of content that you can then maybe do a press release on, do some other um, you know, press related stuff. Um, I think for a lot of our clients, and we talked about this before the show, one of our approaches now in the last few months since I've been doing more, you know, getting booked as, a, as an expert guest on, on podcasts is, wow, we can take this ebook now and use this as a way to position us and some of our clients in a way that we've got something that's attractive that could maybe get them booked on podcasts, right? Right. So now you've taken it down just from a blog post that just from that one blog post that you were just gonna do one dimensionally, now you've tied it into like a year's worth of a content strategy that can get you 10 or 15 wins versus just that one win that you would get. There's still a pretty strong win. I mean, having a blog mm. post, being able to distribute out on social media, drawing people back, growing your website out. There's still a lot of things just doing it, you know, one dimension, it still works, but there's all sorts of ways you can get so many more benefits out of it. And again, it all comes back to thinking about this the way Google thinks about things, making right. sure that your website's the referral source and a marketing hub, investing in it. But it also gets down into, hey, before you do this keyword, before you do this, um, this blog's, uh, this book project, we also want to make sure that we're doing a little bit of the background research in terms of keyword research to make sure that we're baking that information into mm -hmm. the page. We sense. also want to make sure that we're doing some topical research, like on a place like buzzsumo.com, where you can see what topics are trending. Mm -hmm. So again, you can bake in the interest and in things in your content to make it more attractive. So this is the kind of mentality. So when we wrote the book SEO for growth, it's really trying to adopt 
a Google mindset more so than it is to try and teach people about the individual like gotcha. things about it. It's really trying to think of it in terms of an SEO person and trying to get multiple wins off of it, but always making sure that you're drawing it back to your website so that you build that thing as an asset. Because when it becomes your body of work, and it builds, there's more stuff that becomes searchable. You get more trust on your website. You become seen as an authority on Google. Mm -hmm. You got a better chance for your website to come up as a knowledge box for answers or as a search result and that kind of stuff. So that's really kind of what I'll, again, again, I know I'm just kind of thrown up into the microphone, but I get excited about it because it really works. No, I'm totally jazzed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's totally my thing. Like I love content. I love the vision. I love the planning. I love the leveraging. Like it's totally my thing. And I've talked to a lot of SEO people and I've had some people on my show, but you're the first person that has ever put it in that perspective. And it changes how you think about it. And it changes how you think about your content, your strategy. And I think that's awesome. Cool. That, yeah, my mind is blown. I love that. And all of a sudden it starts to go, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff we could be doing to tie together. And it's, um, it's really, um, and it works. And for me, and like, like I said, we do stuff for our clients now. I mean, you get this kind of a thing where people get it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. From a client standpoint, it's really shiny because you get something that actually does. And we're all trying to do this. We're all trying to elevate our authority, right? Yeah. Hosting on podcasts, getting on podcasts, doing eBooks, publishing stuff. Um, but if you've got this in a way that people can understand, they can take these kind of uh, bite-sized pieces of it. You boil it down to, Hey, small business owner, all we really got to do is do this blog posting, which is once per week, right? It doesn't sound like a whole lot of work, no. but if we think about it and sit down about it, here's all the benefits you're going to get over it. And over time, you know, we're going to have, you're going to be a published author and um, we're going to elevate your authority and be honest with you for a lot of businesses out there, they're just not going to go this far, or do it. So it's going to really no. separate them from the other guys in, the, in their niche. And that's huge. And it's like, yeah. And I love being able to, to leverage stuff. I actually just did a series on Facebook posts on Facebook uh, groups. I'm like, yay me. <laughs> that's yeah. Cause I'm like, there's well, and it's so easy to do, right? There's, if you ha- know about a specific topic, there are so many different elements of that topic. You can easily break it down. So totally. it's, some people I think get overwhelmed by, Oh my God, I have to think about content. I have to, what am I going to write about? What am I going to, how can I possibly write a book or a series or they just get like overwhelmed. Right. But if if you stop it and break it down, it's super easy to do. Yeah. You break it down to 500 word, like little kind of spoonfuls um, that becomes more manual. And you go and try and pitch somebody is like, we're going to write a book for They're Like, Oh my God, that sounds like, you know what I mean? But on the other hand, if you explain it ahead of time, so all of a sudden it's, you've got a book right in the background while you're not yeah. even really thinking about it. I know. And this is that. really what's gotten me into, we talked a little bit about it before about like podcasting and how mm. I've gotten so excited about it. And it's one of those things where I was like, I just got on this train like earlier this year and it's like, this is probably the most powerful content form of content marketing for sure the most powerful seo tactic that i've seen in 12 years because of all the benefits that you get from it i mean you get on you know if you right now a lot of what ends up happening in the in the seo industry is people you know a hot thing is to try and write these long form authoritative blog posts and get guests posted well that's a grind it's hard it's starting to get spammy um, people just reject them all outright. Writing a 1500 word blog post is, it takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. You gotta go out and pitch it, try and find somebody. Well, if you position yourself as an expert and get, and, and can do so in a way you got an interesting story and you get an opportunity to be on somebody's podcast, all of a sudden you're spending a half hour, an hour on somebody's 
show talking about stuff that you already know. Yeah. Uh, they turn around, write up show notes. They give you nat the best kind of natural organic links that you can ever get because you earn them and they make sense yeah. of the thing. They write up the show notes. A lot of times they promote them in their social media channel. You as the ho as the guest also go out and amplify things in your channel. Mm -hmm. You got this like natural personal connection happening right away and you get all these extra benefits from it. It's just a killer, killer form of content marketing. That I think everybody should do just by itself. Now, yeah. then I took this back and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have my own show. The reason why is because <laughs> my, this little blog um, ebook stitching strategy, yeah. it would be so easy to do. And I've, I've heard of a couple guys now that I've talked about a few times doing this in terms of lining up like 10 people that are experts in their field, yeah. interviewing them and making mm -hmm. their interview transcripts part of a book. Right. Yeah, my client just did that. It's a CEO Warrior Insights. Sweet. Um, yeah, and we just, uh, proceeds of it are going to like make a wish foundation and like Larry Wingett's on it, Joe Paul. I can't remember who else right now, but yeah, it's like awesome. I thought. Was it, did they do it at Interview Star? Was it actually podcasts that kind of way? How the, yeah, how the, no, the... it was actual podcasts. And then, um, like, really, you've got the right to do whatever you want with it. And then, what else did we do? We obviously did the transcripts, and then I think we had actionable steps at the end of it, each chapter. So awesome. Um, um, and then obviously, you know, you're, you're touting yourself as a, an authority, also your connections to other people. Yes. And it's just an easy way to publish something. Um, I so mean, was I guess, that done after the fact or did you guys figure we're going to do it this way? Just kind of No, like it was just after the fact. I mean, nice. um, like the Cameron Harold, Larry Wingett, Mike Michalowicz, a couple of other big names. I can't remember what, but um, yeah, I just took the best of the best and said it was the CEO Warrior Insights book and um that is so marketed awesome. and yeah and then um i think he's doing a webinar with one of them as well as like if you buy you know if you get the book then you can get your secret ticket to the uh, you know a webinar with one of the speakers or whatever i so, yeah, am yeah there's different ways awesome. you can play with it yeah the um so I love that uh, there's idea. another guy josh steinley who's uh, kind of one of these guys that i follow he's he's been out there and he wrote this book recently called the chief marketing officers at work. It's the same thing mm. that you're talking about, but he actually went out like the old fashioned way and like interviewed people. He met with some of them, but he got oh, like cool. the, the CMO at GoDaddy and PayPal. Oh, and wow. guys. But I saw this, I was like, why couldn't you do this as a podcast? Just go line up some people, yeah. you know, make a book. And then all of a sudden you got a podcast, you got stuff for your website, you got a book to promote and you, and you can also put these names on the book. So again, yeah. you're, you're leveraging other people's authority because you're associated with them and your own. Yeah. So awesome. And then if they You've push yeah, and if they push it out on social, then it's like even better, right? Exactly. Love I it. love it. So let me ask you this. So some people think that like when it's SEO, sure you SEO your site, but it's more blog related, right? Well, I mean, so we, yeah. how would you handle SEO with podcasting? Because some people think that, oh, it's just a podcast post. You don't SEO it. I obviously think otherwise, but. Well, yeah. So breaking it down a couple of different ways. One, I mean, blogging is still really important. Um, but when we design websites internally and I, you know, website web design to me is kind of a grind, but it's really the race car and the NASCAR race. You have to have it set up right yeah. to have the full potential. So having that set up, making sure that you've got the fundamental on page, you know, SEO things all set up from the page titles um, and more and more actually getting schema, which is structured data on the website, on your website um, setup. That's the additional tags that you put on, kind of like the Yoast settings where you, you put the, yeah. the page title and the meta description, where there's a whole new like subset of that kind of tagging oh. called structured data and schema, where you can go in and say, hey, there's a review on my page and you can put like a little tag 
on there that tells Google that's a review tag. So that when you see results coming up now, natural results, you're going to see a lot more information. You see knowledge boxes, you see star ratings pop up, you see event times. A lot of that is the result of this additional tagging that people are putting on their website. So this kind of fundamental stuff is still there. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of, it's good to, you know, and sometimes get some help or do some DIY stuff and set up for it. If you've got a WordPress site, there's, there are plugins now that can help you do this. Um, but I, I wouldn't just go back and say, okay, all you got to do is because what ends up happening when I go with a lot of SEO or digital marketing in general, somebody hears like, oh, the guy said blogging is important, so I'm just going to go do a bunch more blogs. Well, that's not really what I said. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, totally. Or backlinks still, and backlinks are still super important. For, oh, for, for sure. Us, right? But it has to be quality and relevance from authority sites and not random sites or volume-based kind of stuff. Um, but so then it gets back to like how for podcasting, what are the SEO benefits of it? Well, for one, yeah, you still would want, and the way I'm going to do it is I'm still going to optimize it as a, as a, as a blog post. But the reason why I think it really helps for SEO is the, there's a, Google doesn't come out and tell you anything that like what actual factors are helping. But one of the things most of the advanced SEO community feels is that sites that have great content that keep people, keep the quote unquote dwell time high Mm -hmm. rank higher. So this is one of the beauties, I think, of why I think a lot of podcast sites that are done well um, tend to rank high for some of their, their content, and particularly for some of the interviews, is because when somebody, when they use it as a referral source and embed that audio on the, right. on the website, audio files are special, I think, because if you look at a video on somebody's website, a two-minute video is a long time. It commands all your senses, and you just don't get of somebody to spend a ton of time looking at video unless they're really engaged or have the time. Mm -hmm. If it's an audio fire, a podcast, you can be doing other things. So I can yeah. literally land on your website and listen to it while I'm working, while I'm looking at another thing. So the dwell time for the pages can be really high, which is one of the things I found for a lot of the, even oh, some of the mid, mid, right. So the dwell, so that really helps being able to have that on there optimizing. But there's some other things I think in the podcast world that, that I looked at and I thought were, um, could be really beneficial for SEO and that's this. I've been telling people that I podcast on that it's great and probably the best way to post on your website is to actually do show notes and write them up because it's yeah. concise or more user-friendly and that kind of stuff. But a lot of people don't go to the effort of um, putting the transcripts up anymore. So one yeah. of the things I've offered uh, the people that I've been on, I say, I'm going to go on, let me at my own cost transcribe the, the show. And I will use that as a blog post on my website and I will give you a link back to the website and I'll promote that page. Right. So we're actually leveraging the same content. Oh, it's not cool. duplicate. Yeah, so yeah. it's another way that people can kind of cross benefit that relationship in a way that you get exposure on their site and earn a backlink so that the, the host and the guests get kind of similar benefits on it. So it's things like that, where if you take them like that extra step, yeah. um, I think you can get an extra benefit on it. One of the things that I've been doing that's worked phenomenally well is after every show, like you will get soon, I'll say, Hey, if you thought I really brought it and did a good job, um, would you mind leaving me a review at one of these places, right? So they got a little review funnel that it goes to. You're able to take that time that you spent with somebody and hopefully you gave them some of your best advice so that they were impressed so that they're compelled to leave your review somewhere. And then you say, hey, I'll do the same for you type of thing. So just that one setting, you're able to get another signal, review signal yeah. for Google on a review that enables you to get one more important piece of um, benefit or content from that one podcast. So there are certain things I think you can do that I don't see done a lot in the podcasting world that can take that one you know, piece and actually let you get additional benefits um, that can help each person get more Google and traffic value out of that time. So those are some of the podcasting things I think that are, mm. that are helpful and have gotten me really excited about it because, you know, I do research on each one of the shows that I'm on. You can see, 
from the backlink profile. A lot of podcasters out there, they have their own shows, but a lot of them are really active and good about getting on other people's shows. And their trust metrics and their ranking metrics are relatively high for the size of the site that it is. And I think a lot of that has to do with the activity um, in podcasting, which again has drawn me back in to be like, geez, this is a really important SEO and content marketing tactic in general. Yeah, and I've never really, I mean, obviously I know the the value of podcasting because I'm in it, but um, I've never really stopped and thought about, you know, someone being on your webpage for longer because they're listening and therefore obviously that holds value and ranking. And it's like, oh yeah, I never even thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, huge. I mean, that would be considered an engagement signal from yeah. Google, long page times, lower bounce. And all of a sudden you get somebody staying on your, your page yeah, for like totally. 20 minutes. That's a big deal. I mean, Google's got to be able to see that, right? Yeah, no, I never, I don't know why it never dawned on me, but, um, but yeah. So what are some of the big mistakes that people do? I think the biggest one that I see every client that comes in here for us that talks in small business is one, they treat the website as a digital brochure. Okay. Like obviously yeah. I'm looking at your website, you're the complete opposite. I mean, you've got all the trust factors on there. You're in a podcast, you're blogging, you got all the great stuff. You got call to actions. That's not what most business owners do. Most of them treat their website as a static digital brochure. Like a business card. Exactly. And if they're going to do anything online, they post their best stuff up on somebody else's platform, like Mark Zuckerberg's where it goes up and it's his, or and it goes to basically die, I think. Um, versus again, planning that and making it your own and sharing it out to them um, and having them come back for the rest of it versus leaving it up there. So those are the two biggest things. But usually when you kind of show people like, look, you know, you got to start thinking about your website as a marketing platform. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to tie everything back there and make this your body of work because people look, you know, they're buying on proof these days, not pretty. Yeah. Right? You got to have a nice professional website, but you have to have a body of work that, you know, make sure that you can see right away that somebody sees you as an authority where they can trust you and they can see, because if somebody's looking for a solution to anything these days, they just want the solution. And it, it really ends up coming to back to looking you up online. Oh yeah. Um, and I was just talking to a guy just before this call and it was telling him, I was like, geez, you know, some of these people just don't get it, but they'll go out and they'll pay like seven grand for a one page thing in, a, in an advertisement. But then you go ask them to spend a few thousand dollars on a custom website and they balk, you know, Whoa. it's like, cause they just don't see it as an investment. They, they still see web design as a, as an expense. Yeah. They don't you know, part of that's you. like GoDaddy and Wix and Weebly saying, oh, $25 a month for a website and we'll list you on Google. And then people think that that's really all they need to do. And they don't think yeah. of it as an asset. They think of it as, a, as just a cost of doing business. And that's the biggest, I think, mistake people make all around, all around the block. And even really big companies like, you know, I, let's say I want to sign up with lead pages. I check them out, right? Or, or I'm not using them as an example, but um, it's like I've gone onto their pages and, or, and there's like, there hasn't been a new blog in forever. Or worse, I go to their Facebook page and they haven't posted in forever. And to me, I'm like, are they going to be around for support if I have a problem with their system? <laughs> exactly. It freaks me out. I'm like, man, I'm going to try someone else. <laughs> well, I, think people, I think people don't realize how important we've just become, the economy has become all this kind of like review economy. I mean, that's all people, when they go to you know, Amazon to me is like e-commerce, all this kind of stuff. Sure, they're putting pressure on retail and places are closing like, like I guess Toys R Us just went bankrupt yesterday oh, or the day before. Whatever. Oh um, but um, really at the end of the day, I mean, people love Amazon because it's cheap and convenient, but most people scour the reviews there. They do. They do the same thing for Google. They do the same thing for restaurants on Yelp and people just want the social proof. 
And the reality is, and this is one of the things that I think get into a second mistake that business owners make, they all buy business owners and business people and executives. They're all people and they're all consumers. When they go out and buy stuff, they scour reviews and they look for, oh, and they'll yeah. tell you, yes, I look for reviews. I look for you. But when it comes to their own business, they just almost become like, heck, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and, and forget about it. You got a lot of guys that like zero reviews, been around I for know. 30 years or five reviews. The only, only <laughs> review they got is like one. Uh, but you have to, I mean, this is like the holy grail of digital marketing. You have to yeah. show up where your, where your prospective clients are and you have to have social proof that convinces people that you're the best at what you do. And I think having a review strategy in place and being persistent about it and making sure that your whole company buys into it mm -hmm. is probably, I would call it a mistake in that it's neglected. And it, yeah. every client that we have that goes from like zero to 50 reviews, it changes their entire business, especially when we're talking about local or regional businesses. Um, and it's just a big deal. So I think the neglecting the website and is the one, mistake number yeah. one. Number two is not focusing on that online review strategy because it's, it's part of the purchase process right now. And if you don't so take control of it, it will take control of you at some point. You know what I mean? I know. One of my clients just signed up for real time reviews. I think it's called um, a couple of months ago. And yeah, it's it has so much value. You can create campaigns around it and like, we're just kind of diving into it, but it's stellar. Awesome. I mean, there's it tons of programs off. out there, but yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, just if anybody that's listening right now even just takes one nugget, to me, it's like thinking about reviews because that's what people look for, right? If you, if, if any business goes from like no reviews, there, there's no client that we have that has significantly increased their reviews or taken a threat that hasn't come back and said, Oh my God, I wish we were doing this three years ago or doesn't yeah. I, every day. I hear people that say they, I just got off the phone with somebody that says they just hired us because of our reviews. Yeah. I mean, but people don't realize that when they, you know, when they're before they have them, but after they see the effect, they're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm glad we finally got on the, on the train because we were, felt we were missing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. And that's, and, and yeah. And then for me as a business owner, it's like, you know, I help all my clients and I do my thing, but sometimes you forget about your own stuff <laughs> a little bit, right? Like I'm Big good time. at content marketing and I do my thing, but you made me stop and think about reviews, right? What do I have out there? <laughs> Cause you kind of, you, you get so tunnel visioned and, and focused on other things. Sometimes it's, it's easy to forget some of the important um, elements and especially when things are changing so fast. Well, you obviously already know that in your case, I mean, your, your website is your body of work. You got a ton of great content on it. Everything, even from, like I said, you got one of the best about us pages I've seen, at least in terms compelling wise, really, I thought it was captivating. Um, but you know, one of the things that we do when people come in is we're always trying to say, Hey, really the idea of, especially a homepage is you've got about 20 or 30 seconds mm -hmm. to get people to know, like, and trust you. So making sure that you bake those things onto your website, especially on the homepage, I think is really important. Having those elements, right? Having a unique selling proposition above the fold really quickly, having a very compelling call to action so that you draw people in. Because the last thing you wants to do is pay for a bunch of time and money, somebody land on your website and they bounce off without oh, at least yeah. getting an email or tag. And then they move down the page, you wanna show what's your track record, whether are people telling about you, use all these third party things because you can tell people what you do all day long. Yeah. You can say you're awesome all day long, but when other right. people say you're awesome, that's worth that's a thousand times more, right? And you gotta bake that in, I think. And that's really kind of, anytime we build a new website, it's kind of got this formula of what can we bake into the homepage to get people to know, like, and trust them by the time they scroll down 30 seconds. And yeah. it's really all about that, like third party validation and putting all those, you know, trust back 
badges and, and proof and social proof up on the website. And it really does, it helps I think with Google. Um, and it also helps with conversions because when people land on the website and they see all that stuff, they're going to be more compelled to call or contact you. I know. Even if they don't read it all, and it's like, because so, I, I think it was uh, your book page. It's like, there's quite a bit. But it's like, even if you don't read it all, you're like, wow, that's a lot of people commenting on X, Y, Z. So even that has its value. It's like, even if they don't have time to read it all, um, it's still kind of that wow factor. I look at it as... I look at as website visitors almost in terms of think of them in terms of, um, you know, you're in a court of law and they're the jury. And you're, you're, you have to prove to them why you're yeah. the best. And you've got a short amount of time of people with not a lot of, uh, of an attention span these days. So you have to like overwhelm them with evidence so they can dig in and prove that you your case. And you don't have a lot of time to do that. So um, to the extent that you can have other people come in like the you're because you've got when you have a track record and you can show people maybe companies that you've worked for or actual people that have vouched for you, that is super compelling stuff um, for folks. Cause again, if somebody's looking for a solution provider, they just want the solution provider. So they, they want to pick you, but they want you to give you a reason for why they want to pick you so that they're not, you know, it's not a risky thing for them. So stacking the deck, you know, with this kind yeah. of proof is um, really, really does help. So this is how you help your clients. You create the strategies and help implement it, create the content and all that good stuff. Pretty much for kind of our, you know, our local stuff is, is how we do it. And this is kind of what my initial passion is working with small businesses, you know, local business here in mm -hmm. Kansas city in the Midwest. Of course I wrote the book with John and part of the reason for writing the book was John was trying to figure out how can I take what I've learned here that has been successful for a lot of businesses and scale it out to the rest of the, the country right. for other people. And so packing it into a book using John, all his great stuff and my tactical stuff kind of on main street, we baked that into a book. Um, we're developing a course off of it. One of the things we did, one of the things we've done that's working out really well is we built the book site, seoforgrowth.com on WordPress multi-site, which basically enables you to build like mini websites on subdomain. So we've got like stlouis.seoforgrowth. Uh, we got denver.seoforgrowth. So we've created these like separate standalone little city sites for the metro area with their own blog posts, their own oh, social right, media. Right. Sorry? I, I was just like, yeah. I was just listening. <laughs> yeah, so we sorry, um so we um so we did that. So we set it up so we actually like license out these mini websites to other agencies or digital marketers. So if you type in like St. Louis SEO, our St. Louis.seoforgrowth.com mini website comes up number one on the maps and number one cool. organically on the pages. So now the guy that's our licensee there, he's starting to get leads locally for SEO and he's got the benefit of ha being associated with a best-selling book and a program that goes in. So we've got this like way to kind of scale out and license way beyond what we do with the book, but it almost comes back to the, you can see where my mentality is on all this. How can I yeah. do something once yeah. and get and squeeze as much value out of it? And if you think about stuff the way Google does, I think, and the way an SEO person was, you can kind of do this strategically and get many more benefits out of it. So that you don't just do, I think a lot of people just get stuck on the one thing and they're just one like, track. let me get this and let me launch this one thing. Well, a book, for example, that should be the beginning of the business, not like the end, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't really make money on a book and it's great no. to have the ultimate business card and it's cool and it gives you kind of a nice little launch activity thing, but there's so many other things you can do, you know, for it over the long term with courses, like you were talking about yeah. access, getting on podcasts, you know, building businesses off of it and that kind of stuff. So that's the theme that we do for all this stuff is how can I, how can I do stuff, you know, once and then yeah. work it into multiple things so that we can get, uh, you know, 10 X instead of one X out of it. 
I love that. I know. I totally get all excited about that kind of stuff. I'm kind of nerdy that way. Sweet. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Um, so speaking of your book, how can people get a copy and learn about it? What's well, up on Amazon, seoforgrowth.com. I tell you about seoforgrowth.com. Check it out. Yeah. Because on the there's a separate book page on there. And we've got a free download if you buy it on Amazon. It's a three ebook bundle where you get a, it's like a hundred, I don't know, it's like an 80 page book from Yoast on how to optimize your website, your WordPress website. Yeah. Great, great ebook that's probably worth worth just getting our book just so you can get access to that free one. <laughs> then we've got one from Larry Ken of, of WordStream on um, pay-per-click. And then I've got a separate one that I wrote with another duct tape marketing consultant on local SEO that's got, I don't know, it's about like a 30 page ebook that you can download. So got a nice little 30 page. Uh, and I think if you're an Amazon Kindle Prime, I guess Amazon Prime, you can yeah. buy the Kindle for free or oh, get it for free. Whatever that program is that they have yeah. that came out with where you can just go up there and get that, get the code, come to the website, get the free ebook download. You get like, you know, $50 worth of books for nothing. Sweet. Gotta love that. I love me a good deal. <laughs> yeah. And by certainly check, check us out at kcseopro.com, which is my SEO website and kcwebdesigner.com, which is my kind of digital agency. And you can kind of see and steal stuff. So you'll see the way we set our website up is yeah. the same way that we try and set our client stuff and you can steal some, some ideas on it. Cause if okay. you do a search for Kansas city web design, guess who comes up first and on multiple uh, places on the page <laughs> type up Kansas, try searching for Kansas city SEO and see how many times I come up on the first page. That's it's kind of scary. I know, but that's proof that you know your stuff. Exactly. Cool. I mean, God, we could go on and on with different topics and see. We're you both and like I spazzing out. Yeah, so. I know. We're both passionate about what we talk about. I know. My husband who works in the office, he's not in my office, but he's in another part of the house. He can hear me on like podcasts and stuff like that. And he's like, God, you talk loud and fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know, but I get jazzed up about my stuff. <laughs> but that's you know, cool. That's why I, I was going to say one other thing I think people get stuck on, and I think yeah. this could help a lot. Of, and I don't know if you guys do this or not, but I mean, having a, it's tough for small businesses to blog. I'll give that. I mean, so when I say we do it, do we do it? I mean, kind of, but I mean, I got freelance writers that I work yeah. with, but there's other great um, companies out there that do it. Like there's a really good, the only one I would probably actually recommend right now is called The Content Company. Um, they're up in Canada, but they do really good stuff. You gotta pay like 50, 60 bucks a post for stuff. But I mean, if you're not gonna, you just have to do, you cannot not blog. And most small businesses will not do it even if they say that they will. So you have to figure this piece out. Or even, even I've outsourced that. Like I do write a lot of my own blogs, but sometimes let's be real. I don't have time. Um, well, look, so, if you give somebody a title yeah. and a topic and some points and it comes back to you and you edit it, I mean, that's really exactly. all it takes sometimes. It's still your content, but at least somebody got, got it going. And my thought was, um, it's like, okay, what is my hourly worth? And then would I pay someone that amount to write something for half an hour? I'm like, hell's no. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, you pay them a quarter of that and it's like, it just makes better dollar and cents. And I think that's a big, like big, just, big piece you know of the I mean, wise. Yeah. Yeah. And then I tweak it and add my own elements to it, but at least it's, it's easier for me to tweak something than it is for me to start from scratch. Unless I'm like, like the other day when I was writing all my posts about Facebook groups and stuff, I was on a roll. So I was like a writing machine for an hour. <laughs> 
Well, look, I mean, here's another great tip I think that everybody can use. Go to a place like buzzsumo.com, type up your keyword. They will give you a list of the, the titles on that keyword that are trending right now. Yeah. You go in, right? You go in there and you don't copy what they did. But if somebody's writing in your space about this keyword that's getting a lot of engagement, then why can't you write an yeah. article around that or at least give your writer and say, hey, this is a great article that I saw up on this site. It seems to be getting a lot of engagement on it. I'd like to have something like this, but also include these points. They come yeah. back and write it for you. You edit it. You just saved yourself like a half a day of pain because yeah. when we write stuff because we're not writers, it takes a lot of time and our time's it worth does. a lot of money. So it just That's can't, exactly right. Right. And you got professional writers where they can, they can bang stuff it out. out like it. Exactly. And they do it a lot better than we do that aren't writers. So. I know. I know it's, it just, yeah, it's worth the investment. I, I clearly, um, content marketing is the best thing ever. It's King. Um, you're totally yeah, in it. You love it. Yo, I do. Sold. I am too. Hook, All right. Hopefully we've convinced some others as well. <laughs> Hopefully. If we could, if we just convinced just one person today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, our time is well over a half an hour, but that's okay. It was so much fun chatting with you. And again, we're both passionate about the same stuff. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise. You've given us so many, even me food for thought and just opens up your eyes to, um, to SEO and how important it is and kind of the best approach to go about it. Um, so really appreciate your expertise. Well, thank you. That was really literally exciting. I hope you could tell my excitement. I feel like I'm going out and about ready to go maybe run a mile or something. <laughs> I'm all amped up. I'm like, SEO, yes. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So um, that is it, folks, for this episode of Sailing to Success podcast show. Of course, you can find this and uh, other episodes, my videos, and of course, my blogs at um, smoothbusinessgrowth.com and my sister site, lindsayphillips.com. And obviously, if you're looking for help in attracting and acquiring new customers faster with powerful content marketing, then go to the Start Here page of Smooth Business Growth because we can help you out. So here is to a profitable and productive week, folks, and may the winds always be at your back. Thank you.